Welcome to Deep Focus, a radio show about movies and New Haven. I'm your host, Tom Breen. It is that time of year. Uh, it's just about the beginning of June, which means it's time for the annual New Haven Documentary Film Festival, entering its fifth year. It's fifth year. It's kind of hard to believe. Uh, and I'm joined today in the studio by one of the festival's co-founders and co-directors, Gorman Bouchard, who's been on the show many a time. You should be familiar with his voice and his movies. But if not, uh, check out everything from Who is Lydia Loveless uh, to great documentaries on on The Replacements, on Who's Could Do, uh, on Animal Rights. Uh, Gorman kind of does it all. Uh, and of course, he goes all the way back to uh, Connecticut indie horror filmmaking in the 1980s. So uh, to get an understanding of, uh, you know, the, the breadth of New Haven independent filmmaking, this is the guy to talk to. Gorman, it's a pleasure to have you back in the studio. Thanks for coming on to talk about this year's NH Docs. Uh, thank you for having us. Or me, I guess. <laughs> yes, no, no Charles Charlie's here today, in, in, in spirit. In spirit. Yes. I, I, this, we're just a few days away from the beginning of the festival, so I'm sure that you are scrambling to get everything in place. Because this festival has grown tremendously since... Uh, uh, five years ago, starting out as just a weekend, I think in four films. It was just one over one day. Four films over one day, and now yeah. you have uh, eleven days and seventy some odd. Yeah, films. Well, probably. It's. I went to count them the other day, and I just started <laughs> losing. I think I'm so tired at this point. I started losing track. So it was over eighty. Um, over eighty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for listeners who have not caught previous interviews about NH Docs, maybe could you tell them a bit about how. You, Charlie, and two other New Haven filmmakers serendipitously met at a film festival in Montana in 2014? Yeah, and, and, and then the weird thing is, um, Charlie drank coffee for 20 years in my wife's coffee shop, Willoughby's, just up from his office, and uh, I never met him. Didn't know, it, it, I think it, it, was, it was proof that there was such little communication between filmmakers in Connecticut, and here we all meet at the Big Sky Festival in Missoula, Montana, uh, in, in I, I guess it was 2014, yeah. And we came back, and and Charlie said, well, I've got the venue. Why don't we just show our four films? And we had a good time doing it. And uh, the other two left. They moved to Arizona. And so me and Charlie sort of became these this odd these odd friends. I mean, because we're so opposite. We are so completely opposite. I'm such the, I guess, tattooed townie, and he's such the Yaley, you know. Um, and... Uh, we decided to do it four days the next year, and then somehow it jumped to 11 days and sort of like became under the umbrella of, of uh, Arts and Ideas. So in a way, our last weekend sort of is their first weekend and, um, and, and sort of helps kick them off as well. And the premise of this festival has always been, and I'm curious to hear uh, how it holds true this year, has always been, you know, a celebration of New Haven, both behind and in front of the camera. You really feel, well, and also the greater New Haven yeah. area. Yeah, all yeah. of Connecticut. Uh, but I remember, you know, when we had you and Charlie on last year, at least, uh, Charlie identified one of the core themes of last year's festival as a celebration of New Haven. The kickoff film was Stephen Dess, I Am Shakespeare, about a young man from New Hallville, uh, who's a star actor, but also running in gangs on the side and was shot and has this kind of pretty incredible uh, uh, recuperation and redemption story. But I wonder if uh, what is uh, how has the festival kind of grown thematically across these five years and what's what some of the the focal points in this year's fest? Well, the thing is, the funny thing is, it's probably even more New Haven centric in one aspect, but also more global in another. I mean, because our opening night film is one of my films, Pizza Love Story, about it's the history in ridiculous detail of Sally's Peppies and Modern and why they are the only three pizza places on the planet that matter. Um, we also have Family Meal, 
which is the uh, the second feature from Jim O'Connor, who uh, last year played Food Haven, um, and it, it looks at three restaurants in town and 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 the balancing act between home life and restaurant life. We also have Steve Ham's The Village, which is the history of Worcester Square. Um, so we, we have three very, very New Haven-centric films, but we also have amazing works like our Friday night film, This Is Home, A Refugee Story, which mm-hmm. won the Audience Award at, at Sundance this year and is about looks at Syrian refugees in this country. Um, Tell me about how you got that film in particular. I know that New Haven has a very active uh, refugee and immigrant resettlement service in, in Iris. You know, it's one of the kind of shining nonprofits. And Iris is presenting in the city. And yes. right, and is is Chris George going to be participating in the talkback um, or some uh, someone someone from Iris? And it looks like a few of the yes, families that yeah. participate uh, in yes, Iris. Yes, Chris George is going to be. But there how did, at so? The screening. From what I understand, this movie is set in Baltimore. This isn't mm-hmm. necessarily uh, about a New Haven Irish story, but how how did this film come to NH Docs? I, I think it, it because it because we are a you know a, a, a city that 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 it really speaks to. I mean, I think it's and and it's also just a great film. I mean, th- that was the thing we sort of went out of our comfort zone a little bit this year and, and brought in just great films that didn't necessarily have to do with New Haven, uh, and they rem- range from this to. The light, the very lighthearted. One of my favorite films in the festival is called North Pole, New York, which looks at the oldest theme park um, in the country uh, and one of the first, and it, which was a, like a little Santa Claus village up near in, nor- in a northern New York State that still exists today. The same way with them, with the people who work there still doing the silly dances from the fifties. I mean, it's it is just a it's just, it's a film that'll make you grin from ear to ear. Are the criteria still some? connection again behind or in front of the camera to connecticut or how are you how are you picking films in the first place it's for the <laughs> most part yes smile but, and sigh a little yes bit. for the most part yes but there are often times when it's like well what's what does this have to do with with uh connecticut and to which me or charlie will usually answer well i live in connecticut and i really like it sometimes <laughs> that's enough you know there and you know to to bring a a great uh documentary film uh, for free to New Haven doesn't really need to have right, <laughs> too right. much of an excuse for me. Uh, actually, let's make sure before we get too far into the episode to give just the bare uh, essential details about when and where. We've mentioned that this is the fifth uh, annual NH Docs, but it starts on May 31st. May 31st. Right, runs through seven June 10th. o'clock. Yep, and uh, it runs right through till June 10th. And Monday, June 10th. where are the screenings taking place? Uh, the majority of the screenings are at the Whitney Humanities Center at 53 Wall Street on the corner of Church Street, which is that one of well, one of the ancient looking buildings of Yale, but it's got it's the beautiful theater, and there's another smaller room upstairs. Uh, on there are also screenings at the New Haven Free Public Library on Elm, uh, and that includes our two of our shorts blocks, one of which you will be moderating. That's the, right. The Thank Q&A you for the invitation. Uh, and that's on Saturday, June second, and we also at the library during the day on. Uh, well, Friday, June first, and then the following Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have something called the Videotech, mm-hmm. which is a, even a smaller room where we're showing films that either came in really late or didn't we didn't feel yet would like fit into our bigger rooms, or we're showing we're also we're reshowing I Am Shakespeare mm-hmm. and Family Meal, two of our big hits from last year. Now you've done the Videotech before, right? Mm-hmm. This, yes, last year. And is this an on-demand service of sorts, where you go in and you pick which movie you no, want to watch, no, or it's, it's a little, they'll be screening? Yeah, be, it's a little screening, and there will be in every case the the, the directors will be there. Right. You know, Stephen Dest will be there after I Am Shakespeare taking you know fielding questions. Same thing with Jim O'Connor and so forth. 
Uh, and then we have, uh, I have two features in the festival this year. I, I've been had a busy year. Uh, uh, my newest music documentary, the Sarah Shook documentary, What It Takes, will be playing at Cafe Nine on Tuesday night, June 5th. Also free. And there will be, there's usually a concert associated there is a with concert, one of the music docs. Uh, yes, and the, uh, but unfortunately, Sarah is in uh, either Norway or Sweden at this point. Uh, so the concert, uh, we, we got the Stephanie Austin and the Palomino Club who will be playing. They're, they're a wonderful local alt-country Great. outfit. So. Yeah, so we, uh, we did a, a, a full episode earlier this year on Pizza Love Story. So direct uh, listeners there to hear the gist of uh, why Gorman, uh, I think, rightfully believes that there are only three pl- pizza places on the planet, uh, and I want to get an update on that film. What's happened? I know that you were kind of cra- you know crowd sourcing uh, mm-hmm. to finish up that film, but first, I haven't really heard anything about the Sarah Shook movie. Uh, could you tell us a bit about who she is and why you wanted to make a movie about her? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Right after the the uh, Lydia Loveless film, I was actually down with Lydia in North Carolina, and I had heard of Sarah Shook because a lot of people were comparing her to Lydia, but she didn't have a record deal, and I I get her self-released album sidelong and I love it so much. I, now I love it so much that I have lyric tattooed on my arm. That's how much I, I love one of these songs. A song called Dwight Yoakam. Uh, and what is the lyric? Uh, Drinking water tonight because I drank all the whiskey this morning, which is just the greatest opening line of any song. Um, and <laughs> so I meet with Sarah and I said, look, I think you guys need more exposure. I'm going to just do you a music video because I really like him. I'm going to spend an extra day in North Carolina. I'm going to do a music video for you with my friend Michael Galinsky, who's also involved in the festival this year. He has a great film, which we can talk about in a minute. Um, and we shot it at his house, put it out there, and it sort of took off. And the next thing I know, and, and I, I also started talking to her then, I want to do a movie about an intimate, intimate songwriting. And will she send me clips of herself as she's writing songs? And I wanted to do something on the songwriting process and an unsigned artist. But the next thing I know is my music video gets premiered by Rolling Stone, and Bloodshot Records sees it, and my music video ends up leading them to a four-record deal, which is really great, um, but it sort of screwed my film. <laughs> uh, but so I had to sort of change. In, in the opening of the film is me explaining all of this. Uh, and, and so it became this look at, at songwriting and this, this great band on The Verge going into the studio to record their new album. That's great. Um, and it's, it's a short film, 78 minutes long, and I think it, w- it will make you fall in love with her badassness. Is that a word? I don't know. It's sure, I think badassery. Is yes, badassery. That works. Well, it's a bit more. Yes. Uh, and you'll, you'll be playing the, the music video as well, right? Yes, yes. That's a, that's a, no, that's a brand new music video. That oh, this also is a new, okay. got premiered by Rolling Stone. I, I'm, I'm having luck with Rolling Stone lately <laughs> in premiering my videos. So, I, you know, I guess, I, which I'm sure the artists I do them for probably don't mind. So you are... Uh, a kind of veteran rock documentarian. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, you've made movies about The Replacements, uh, about Husker Du, Archers of Love. Uh, you spoke about Lydia Loveless, uh, Sarah Shook, and now you've got a few other rock docs playing at this film festival, which yes. again is kind of a, a, a recurring theme for NH Docs. Uh, I see you've got uh, a movie about a Chicago, the Puck Band, a Chicago punk, punk band. rock band yeah. playing on, on June 3rd, and then also... I saw a movie by Eric Michael Schrader. I don't, I'm not sure if that's a music talk, but we had him on earlier uh, earlier in this show's life to talk about uh, 
Oh, the oh, I'm blanking, but uh, a documentary that he made about the New Haven punk scene in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, no, this isn't that one. This is not no, that one, no. but I'm not sure if that's a. No, but tell me, are, what other rock docs that, uh, well, stand uh, out punk, to you? Uh, punk band is the punk big band one. is the only other one this year. But I, yeah, I mean, I do like the rock doc formula. The, the weird thing was this year was a very strange year for rock docs. We were really trying to get a couple of works in progress. I'm friends with the guy who's making the documentary on the Cream on Cream Magazine, the famous like magazine from the seventies and eighties, but it still wasn't ready. So I'm sure we'll have that next year. Um, but it, it was really dry. You even look at, look at even like the South by Southwest lineup. There was, hmm. it, there was virtually nothing. Uh, so I'm not sure if it was just the, an off year for everybody, you know, or people think I just make too many of them. So everyone's going to stop. <laughs> well, I know you have argued passionately in the past about how uh, rock and roll uh, suffers these days and that you do not see the plethora of great authentic rock that perhaps you saw in, I don't know, your heyday of going to, or yeah, the well, heyday continues, but do you, do you, is there any correlation between those two of uh, well, genre I mean, that you see on the Fritz? I, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's, I mean, Sarah Shook, I mean, that's to me is like great raw rock and roll. To me, the biggest issue I have with most rock and roll today is that it's so, it's like pre-canned almost. It's like you go see a show a couple nights, and you see a band two nights in a row, and if they say the exact same things to the audience both nights, just changing the town's name and play the exact same set list, that doesn't become rock and roll to me anymore. That becomes like a Broadway show. I, and, and that's what I loved about Lydia. That's what I love about Sarah. It's like you just don't know what you're getting. You know, if what you're getting can completely depend on what mood they're in, how much alcohol was consumed. It's, you know, what the crowd says to them. It's... It's, it needs to be chaotic and dangerous to be rock and roll. Well, hopefully this is a moderate level of, of chaos and danger because you're listening to Deep Focus on WNHH LP, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm your host, Tom Bream, and I'm talking with Gorman Bouchard, the co-founder and co-director of NH Docs, the New Haven Documentary Film Festival, which will be celebrating its fifth year in the Elm City uh, starting May 31st. Uh, Gorman, again, but right before we jump over to Pizza Love Story, I was covering a, a different uh, nonprofit's five-year uh, celebration a few weeks ago called Bereavement Care Network, and the MC for the event said five years, five years in anything, you know, in a relationship, five years with your kid, five years with your business. You know, you've made it when you've hit five years. Do you feel <laughs> like? Do you feel like you've made it in NH Docs with five years? Like, wow. does, five, does this feel like a um, a a serious milestone, or is this thing just? Uh, you know, every year you kind of throw yourself into whatever films are available and you just kind of hope to have enough energy to do it again the next year. I feel like <laughs> it's the boulder that's we were trying to push up a hill and it it's rolling down and it's just roll and it just passed us and we we're trying to catch back up with it. Um, it sort of has a life of its own. Yeah. Um, and and as it is tiring as it is, there's something really satisfying about getting all the filmmakers and 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 watching the people come night after night. And I mean, our audience from, from our third year to our fourth year, our audience grew 40% and I'm expecting at least that this year. Um, I, I think that, I, I, I think that New Haven is starving for film. I mean, and I think it's, 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 it's starving for a different type of entertainment that sort of is inclusive to everybody. I mean, we have films literally for everybody. I mean, you like miniature golf. We have a film about someone who designs miniature golf courses. You like rock and roll. You like pizza. You, uh, you like it, the serious subjects. I mean, you want to see a movie about fe- feminism, about, about uh, censorship. I mean, we pretty much have it all. I. Tell me the so we had you on a couple weeks ago to talk about Pizza Love Story and it was 
still uh, in post-production. You're still raising money as you do on Kickstarter uh, to do the soundtrack, uh, to finish out the last of the editing, uh, and uh, whatever else needs to go into finishing up a film uh, after you, you shoot it. I imagine you're finishing editing it as well. Uh, can, you t- can you give me and the listeners a bit of an update as to what's happened to Pizza and a Love Story since you were last on a yeah. couple couple months ago now? Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the version of Pizza Love Story, it's kind of a, a special screening in a way. I always will, like the Sarah Shook film, I showed it to a documentary class at Yale and got some amazing notes that we were able to like really incorporate into the film because here are people seeing it with fresh eyes. Well, we're going to have 250 people with fresh eyes seeing Pizza Love Story because it's, it's, it is still a work in progress. And we're not just saying that so we save our festival uh, you know, premiere status. Um, there will probably the end credits will not be on there. Uh, there's definitely no sound mix, but it's a great. I mean, we're I'm so close to this film. I've been working on this film with Dean Falcone for 11 years. Colin came on about five years ago. It, it, we're so close to this movie and so close to the subject. It's really hard to step back. So it's like this will be a great way to show this film to an amazing New Haven audience. And really talk about it afterwards. I mean, we can we have a Q and A. The Q and A can go for as long as we want. I mean, I run the festival. We're not shutting the Q and A down, okay? Um, and and I think that it's like it's, it's going to be an interesting. How will you incorporate? Like, in, how will you incorporate the feedback that you get? Like, how is it that an audience can actually impact? Besides, you know, audiences mm-hmm. have given money to you before yeah. to help you, you know, fund your vision for work, but. How will their notes actually affect the final product of it's, Pizza Love Story? It usually comes down to something like this. And the perfect, I'm going to use the, Sarah Shook as the example. Is that um, the whole story I told you about Sarah Shook where I my video got them the record deal was not in the film and originally. And the, the, also, I, was, I just assumed that everyone knew she was from Chapel Hill. That, I, that the little markings in the films were enough for that. Here I show it to an audience that that thought it was from they, she was a Connecticut artist, and everyone who heard the, the story that I that I led when, as I introduced the film said why wasn't that in there? And I'm talking every single person is just like you know that, and it's it's so it's it's sort of that consensus. If you have one you know if you have like one person saying one thing, one person saying another, it, then it becomes you know. But if you have thirty people that all of a sudden say the exact same thing, you know you're missing something. And and a lot of it, you know, a lot of it is that, I mean, there's something, there's a section in the film where I really do, I'm going over the entire history of New Haven since the place is open. So we're talking about the urban renewal section with the Dick Lee era of New Haven. So, you know, the, the, he, he was mayor for eight terms and the city basically went massive changes. Um, And the original cut of that section was an hour and 54 minutes. Never mentioning pizza, just the urban renewal section. Uh-huh. I have to bring that down to six minutes, five minutes. Right. Does it make sense? You know, I mean, I've now looked at it so many times. I'm like, you know, and, 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 and I will have my assistant editor, uh, Brianna, will be there, and she will be taking massive notes of everybody. And, we're, and also you listen. It's like, do people laugh at the right time? You know, will people be sobbing their eyes out, you know, when they see the pies, you know, saying, I want this now. That's the other thing, too, is. I cannot spend – I put on 15 pounds editing this film. I cannot spend a day editing without wanting pizza. Right. It's, it's just it, – it's, it's, it's really impossible. My wife will call me up 4 o'clock saying, hey, what are we doing for dinner tonight? And I'm like, 
I want pizza. So you feel like a physiological imperative to finish this film as soon as possible so that you don't continue to eat pizza. I'm going to be the guy in uh, that Monty Python (laughs) thing that I couldn't eat another thing. (laughs) What about a mint? (laughs) <laughs> so that this is the work in progress screening of Pizza Love Story, which is kicking off the fest. Yes. Um, at uh, on May thirty first, seven o'clock at yes. the Whitney Humanity Center. Um, and I sh- I think we've mentioned, but all of these screenings are free, right? Yes, it's you, you will not have to. Although there is some new festival pass. Yes, yeah, there, there so are passes. There's a there's a fast pass for fifty dollars, which basically because we started selling out last year, or not so well. I mean, not selling out, but they were packed, and we had to send people away. Uh, the $50 yeah, I remember pass. the screening for I Am Shakespeare. Yeah. You had to do two in a row right. that opening night right. because the first one was but, Yeah, we sold. were talking about like what happens if, if pizza sells out, and I'm like, nope, we're doing one. That's it. Um, so get there early. Uh, but Or get a fast pass. The, and the fast pass basically guarantees you admission to every screening, you know, reserve seats. You get it, you'll get in first, just like if you were a filmmaker with a pass. And you'll also get, come, you'll also get to come to the opening night party, mm. um, which is one of the very first times I believe we are a, a place that's serving both Sally's, Peppy's, and Modern. All three. You don't usually see all three in one place. Now, I hope that it's some sort of blind taste test as no, well. No, You'll no, be challenging just, audiences it's, it's, to identify. It's a free-for-all. I <laughs> that sounds <laughs> you know? great. So a $50 Fast Pass yes. that I assume you can get at nhdocs.com? Uh, yes, you can. And then there is the Deluxe Fast Pass, which not only gets you that, but gets you into every filmmaker party. The lunch with HBO Sheila, the brunch with HBO Sheila Nevins on Saturday morning, um, and a t-shirt, mug, tote bag, the whole swag kit. Uh, and that's $200, but that really does get you everything. That's great. So uh, all the screenings, free, open to the public, but mm-hmm. it looks like there are a few extra goodies in case you want to make sure you have a seat uh, at every or whatever screening you're, you're hoping to get to, or if you want to hang out with some of the filmmakers. Uh, a good opportunity to do that. Uh, you singled out uh, Michael Galinsky's film, so I want to at least ask you about it. I saw that. So this is working in protest, a history yes. of protest and activism over mm-hmm. the past thirty years, and it looks like a lot of great archival footage, include, yeah. uh, including this one. And you know, the uh, kind of socially conscious documentary is one that you are both uh, a veteran of making, but also you've included in a number of NH docs. Uh, but this year and in previous years, I see that Life and Parole is also playing this yes, year. That great yep. frontline series about uh, you know the one vote. It's another great one. One vote, right? Yeah. About uh, so Life and Parole about follows uh, four different recently released uh, Connecticut inmates who are put on parole and the challenges of kind of having to be responsible to you know your parole officer kind of day in day out as you try to rebuild your life and then one vote looks like it follows a few people across the country on the on election day 2016 yes and um, there's also another short which it, it's it was too long to put one vote but it's in the third short blocks on the Thursday night called election day 2016 which is at the Susan B Anthony grave site where all these women were coming and putting I voted today because everyone thought Hillary was going to win these stickers all over the graveside and they keep coming and there's a three hour wait and it starts pouring and it's just this beautiful little film about what ends up being obviously well a tragic day I guess I'm saying that for myself anyway uh, <laughs> for most of us I think but um, it, it's, it's a beautiful little short film at 15 minutes to, uh, share a minute on working in protest though what, what gets you excited about this film why do you include it in uh, you know it's like I, in NH Talks I like Michael because Michael is a filmmaker who puts himself in the films. He is a personal filmmaker, and he films everything. And this is literally his archival footage put together into a feature of, like, 30 years of him mm-hmm. filming protests. Like, I'll, I'll be, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, like, 
Facebook message him about something and he'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm in I'm in D.C. right now at the whatever march. And it's like, so he films everything. And I think that that's, it's, it's this amazing collection. And it's just, it just builds and builds and builds, you know. Is he, is he a New Havener? Or no, is he he's actually friend? from, well, he's from Brooklyn, I believe, originally. But he lives down in Chapel Hill. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he was helping with the Sarah Shook uh, music video. Is there a, I know in years past, you've had a student film component. Is that something that uh, will also be happening Oh, absolutely. We have it on Sunday afternoon. Uh, We have a new head judge, which is Lindsay Thompson. And um, the student film competition is kind of great this year because it is so varied from the obvious, you know, the Yale uh, student student film. But we have something from Western, from Southern from uh, Central, from uh, high schools. We have one from Brantford High. We have, um, we have one from the, the Magnet School in West Haven. Uh, so it's 11 films in all, one of which is not showing that day, and it's a wonderful little film, but it's, it's very adult. It's from Southern Connecticut, uh, and that's actually going to be showing in that short block, th- uh, short block three because it was just a little too much, I think, to go with. Uh, and there, we even have a middle schooler uh, uh, on Sunday. So it, I, I had to sort of separate those two. So 11 days, s- somewhere around 80 films. I remember maybe last year or previous year's conversations, you and Charlie were talking about how the festival had expanded to such an extent that you almost worried that it was it was too big. It was getting a little too big. Um, I don't, I'm not sure whether that was a quality control concern or just for two for two people to handle, you know, 11 mm-hmm. days and 80 films is a lot uh, to juggle. And here we are, fifth year and 11 days <laughs> and 80 films. Do you feel like you have a, uh, a handle on you know, uh, that, that quality control? Do you feel like, you know, this is uh, every one of these films is worthy of fitting this festival? You weren't just kind of pulling and, and jamming just oh, because no, no, the it, opportunity was there? I, I, like, how, how do you ensure that, you know, how, can you really argue that 11, all 80 of these films, 11 days, are, are worthy of uh, the audience's time to check out? I, I think they are I, I, in different ways. Some people will like some, some people will hate some, you know. Uh, but I was the one who kept bringing in these films and saying we're going to... We, we, n- we never had, you know, consecutive screenings. Last year we did it once, and it was to play my film against a film. In the, I took the smaller room, and it was, I played that old film of mine, 20 Questions. Um, and I just put it in a small room. This year, that small room now has two features on Friday, Saturday. Um, uh, there's one on Sunday, and then there's, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So we now have added all of those extra features. Um, so it wasn't just to throw anything out there. It was because we kept finding all these really good films. So... NH Docs historically has always uh, ended with a kind of retrospective and celebration of a pretty name brand national or international filmmaker. In years past, you've celebrated the work of Alex Gibney, uh, D.A. Pennybaker, and Chris Hegedis, uh last year. And this year, you have uh, three female uh, filmmakers and film producers, uh, Amy Berg, Sue Friedrich, and Sheila Nevins. And I wonder if you could... Uh, tell the listeners a bit about why these three women are being celebrated at this year's NH Docs and uh, what gets you know, excited about their film careers. Well, um, I'll start in order because uh, it's Amy Berg is on Friday night, uh, the 8th. And we have three of her films. Well, not the night. First one's at 3 in the afternoon. Deliver Us from Evil, uh, the, uh, West Mem- the West of Memphis, and Janice, Little Girl Blue. That's our other rock doc. 
which is, I think, one of the great rock docs of recent times. Uh, it, it's just an amazing portrait of Janis Joplin. Um, I, I just think that Amy is a really, really good commercial filmmaker who knows how to tell a story. And I, I pushed very hard for Amy. We were looking, we were trying to like really balance it out, and I really pushed hard for Amy because I was so impressed with, I, with all of these films, but especially Janis. I mean, if, if you can... I am very hard on rock docs, as you can probably imagine, and that one was spectacular. And did you have a personal relationship with her? Oh no, did, no. So just, you just we, you saw we, we a movie, you loved it, and you reached out. Yeah, she, she. I believe she's worked with Gibney, so we went through Gibney. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheila Evans is basically changed the face of modern documentary by at HBO. I mean, for the longest time, documentaries was PBS, and then HBO starts showing them and starts producing them. And she basically was at the reins for decades, mm. and she just she she basically between her and maybe a Michael Moore, they 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 basically changed the way that we look at documentaries that they can be films, you know. Though I still have I I, I still have people will say to me, it's like, are you ever going to go back to making real films? Which is just like I, it makes my hair like raise <laughs> on the back of my neck a little bit. But, well, how? So yeah. tell me a bit more about how uh, Sheila Evans had that type of transformative influence on making documentaries comparable to quote unquote real films. I, maybe yeah. pick an example of a movie that you're playing of hers this year. Or well, I mean, we're, what's we're her playing a lot of her impact? Fair, but it was it was really in making HBO a home for documentaries, where uh, so uh, you know you have a subscription audience and you you know. They could have given them anything. They started programming documentary after documentary and started even like uh, funding the documentaries. And that was that was the thing. And they became the number one place for to go for. If, I mean, if you have a doc, the place you want to sell it is HBO. It's no longer PBS. It's not even it's not even close. Mm. HBO is the home, the, the real home for documentaries now. And and you look at you know who they have working for them. I mean, Gibney is a perfect Gibney does seems to do like one or two a year for them. Um, and they, but they also show shorter films. The film about um, the, the nun, God is bigger than is the bigger Elvis is ju- and and she uh, the, uh, she's going to be here as well at the Q and A. Is it was nominated for an Oscar for best short documentary, and it's just it's it's just this wonderful little film uh, that that and you know that that wouldn't have found a home or an audience probably elsewhere without HBO. And then the festival rounds up with Sue Friedrich. Sue Friedrich. Uh, and tell uh, me a bit about so her. We, yeah, Sue Friedrich is more of the, I guess, avant-garde, but I hate that phrase because it, 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 I think it gives it a bad connotation. She just makes very beautiful personal films. And, and is, she, is she going to be oh, at yes. the festival as well? Yeah. So yep. Amy uh, and Sheila and yep. Sue. Everyone Excellent. will be there for all Q&As. I, in fact, I don't think there's... I do not think there is one film we we are playing that does not have the filmmaker there for the Q and A. It's wonderful, you know. Other than maybe a, a a short or two in one of the blocks, but no, and, and that's a big thing for us. I mean, it, it's like you're you have a film festival. You want to meet the filmmakers. You want to hear what they have to say. Why did they make this film? What was important about? It? That's what makes it special. And yeah, we go out of our way to make sure that the filmmakers can be. That's something I always so appreciate as an audience member. That I mean, it's rare enough to find a high quality film festival that is free and like totally free and open to the public, but also to have the opportunity to to meet and talk with and not just listen to the filmmakers is pretty exceptional. So I applaud you and Charlie for for uh, sticking to that commitment these past five years. Uh, listen, we've we've spoken about a lot of films. Uh, this is a again really become a staple of New Haven's uh, kind of film going year. 
is there anything that we haven't mentioned in the show thus far as we as we wind up any particular films or filmmakers or aspects of this year's fest that that you really want to throw our listeners away or or if not just tell them where they can find the schedule and all yeah, the rest the, the schedule's on nhdocs.com real simple um but i i really think take a look at it because there when i say there is something for everybody there is something for everybody. There's something that's going to make you laugh. There are things that are going to make you cry. There's going to things that are going to just rock you out. Uh, we really have something for everybody. And uh, t- take a, if, you, if you're not that much into documentaries, take a gamble and just come down and realize that it's, it really is, at this point in time, I think, the superior art form in terms of film um, because you're dealing with real emotion and real life real tragedy, real heartbreak, real happiness. And you're not dealing with like a lot of fakeness and, and special effects. What you see up on that screen is real. And in about 80 cases here, it's really well done. So nhdocs.com is where you can find all that. And Gorman, where can people find out more about what you do, your next movie besides coming out to see them all playing at, uh, at nhdocs? Uh, how can people learn about your work? Honestly, the best for me is, is probably our, our website for, our, for the, the company, which is whatwerewethinkingfilms.com. Uh, it's the silliest company name, and it's, we thought it was going to be around for a couple of years. Who knew? <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on, as always, Gorman. Thanks Thank so much, you. and we'll see you at the festival.